and welcome to a Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and I'm just so thankful that you're listening today. Thank you for downloading this episode. Um, welcome back to all the regular listeners, and uh, welcome aboard to anybody who's new. We're so glad that you're here. Um, I've prayed for you all this morning that the Lord would just draw you closer to Him and that He would continue to give you more of a hunger and thirst for Him and uh, that you will just see how wonderful His Word is. And um, it's always a good time to think about His Word and to read His Word and to be changed by His Word. And I pray that that will happen for you today. I would encourage you not to let this be the only time that you think about His Word today, though. Um, This is just a tool. It's not to listen to me. Uh, I truly want this to be a a springboard for you to dig deeper on your own. And um, I just pray that God will get all the glory for this. Please keep sharing. Please keep telling your friends uh, about this podcast. Uh, Share it with people that you haven't talked to in a while. I've heard some wonderful stories about how uh, friends reached out to other friends to share the podcast and um, it's rekindled old friendships and that's happened with me and it's just been such a blessing, such a blessing, friends. And um, our world needs the truth that's found in God's word. We all do, uh, but we have it. We have this treasure. And so let's share it today. And oh, I love to hear those stories. I love to hear how God is using his word to encourage you and what he's doing in your life. I love to hear if there's any little uh, way that this podcast is played in uh, drawing you closer to him. So uh, please send me an email or or send me a message on Facebook or uh, a text or something like that. It's just such a blessing uh, for me to uh, see how God is working. And you can find my email in the show notes uh, associated with each episode. And um, I really would love to hear from you. So here we are. Um, Here is our word for the day for March the 8th, 2022. Can you believe that we are over a fourth of the way through the month of March? My goodness. Um, But it's from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Oh my goodness, that's a big list, friends. Um, And so I'm excited for us to dig into this today. We are back in uh, Peter's letter. We have two letters of his in uh, the New Testament, first and second Peter. And uh, we've done some verses from these before, and we've talked about Peter before, but as always, it's a wonderful idea to get context and to remind ourselves briefly about who the author is and uh, what he may have been uh, intending uh, when he wrote this under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And so um, we'll go back to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, and it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. So Peter was an apostle. He was one of the original uh, 12 disciples, 
and uh, was later named an apostle by the Lord Jesus. He um, was felt to be the chief apostle or kind of their leader because in all the list of the apostles, he's listed first. Uh, the interesting thing is that his brother Andrew brought Peter to Jesus, and I just love that. Each of the four Gospels records a little bit of this calling of the disciples um, with uh, slightly different details. And it's not that um, they were inaccurate. It's just that they're giving us a fuller picture when we look at those all together. But in John chapter 1, verse 35, it says, The next day, again, John, that was John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned them and Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. It's interesting to me that in John's account, um, we don't see that Peter and Andrew followed immediately. Um, but they um, talked about that this was Jesus. But then in Matthew's account, um, you read about... Um, in Matthew 4.18, it says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed them. So they had had that encounter with Jesus as recorded um, in Luke's gospel, I'm sorry, in John's gospel, but then it wasn't until he talked to them while they were doing their work that they just dropped everything and followed him. And we read that uh, something similar. Luke's gospel gives some different uh, details, but again, they were talking about different times. Um, probably uh, Luke was recounting a story that he had heard uh, because, as we remember, he wasn't uh, right there with uh, Jesus. But this recounts when um, Jesus had gone out um, and was teaching from one of the fishing boats in Luke chapter 5 and um in beginning in verse 4, it says, And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, and that's Peter, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him.
love that. And so it looks like Peter may have had a couple of encounters with Jesus, but when he saw that miracle, that was that sealed the deal, and he left everything and followed him. And we know from uh, the stories in the scripture that Peter was kind of in Jesus's inner circle. He a lot of times, like with the transfiguration and with other things, you'll read about Peter, James, and John. And um, Peter was also the one that tended to get him to sometimes get himself into a little bit of trouble. He would speak uh, very quickly, very hastily, and then sometimes would get rebuked by Jesus. And um, He's also the disciple that we have a record of uh, that he denied Jesus three times um, after Jesus had been arrested. And we read in Luke twenty-two sixty-one, it says, And the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So Peter had felt these emotions. And you know, Jesus had um, encouraged Peter even before this happened. In just a few verses before, in Luke twenty two thirty one, Jesus had said to Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So Jesus knew what was going to happen. And he loved Peter so much that he said, um, you know, and probably Peter didn't realize what the what that meant exactly, but it's like Satan has demanded to have you, and you're going to be sifted. But when you've come back, um, strengthen your brothers, and that's what Peter was doing in these letters that he's written. And it says it's written to those of the dispersion, those who had been scattered by persecution, and those are the ones that Peter is writing to. And we also read in Acts about um, how Peter spoke boldly about um the Lord on the day of Pentecost and then throughout, and he was uh, later described as one of the pillars of the church in Galatians. And he very well may have had a rocky start, but it's an encouragement that um, to us, um, we believers who make mistakes and sometimes think, oh, we failed too much to be used of the Lord. And when we look at Peter's life, um, then we can see that uh, here's an example of someone who wanted to follow the Lord, but then he would have a back set and something that would seem to be uh, something that would totally disqualify him, like denying Jesus. Um but then the Lord gave him grace and mercy, and he helped to spread the gospel. And his letters are such an encouragement to um, believers today. So these elect exiles that Peter mentions in First Peter chapter 1 uh, in the dispersion had been scattered through uh, persecution, thought to be, of, I think, Nero, um, who just hated Christians and uh, just wanted to get rid of all of them. And so the folks were scattered all through. And um, one of the main themes of this uh, letter, this First Peter letter, was to encourage the um, believers in how to suffer. And we see Peter uh, talk about this in his opening in First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, 
to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So he's saying, um, you are going to have trials, um, but it's so that the tested genuineness of your faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So um, it's this suffering is to show that your faith is genuine. It's like a test of their faith. And all of us at some point, I think, will be called to some sort of suffering as believers. And that's not to scare us, but that's just, you know, our Lord Jesus had to suffer. And so um, we may all have, as believers, some type of suffering. In this world, you will have trouble, the Lord Jesus says, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And so, as I mentioned, this is a theme in, in chapter 2 of Second P. I'm sorry, of 1 Peter. Um, he reminds us in chapter 2, 21, it says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. And then um, he tells how to act, how different people are supposed to act. And that brings us up to our verse for the day in First um, Peter chapter 3, verse 8. And it says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. And then he says, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, Bless, for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. And when I when we start to pull this apart and look at these different characters that are mentioned characteristics, I'm sorry, that are mentioned, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Those are all um, characteristics of our Lord Jesus in some way or the other. And I would like to pull those out and um, give you some supporting scriptures for those and that's what we're to strive for and you know we can't do this on our own it has to be um, Christ in us it has to be the Holy Spirit in us um, otherwise it won't happen but it needs to be Christ in us so that we can be examples to this world this dark and dying world that needs to see the um the light that is in Jesus, that light that has overcome the darkness like we read in John chapter 1. Verse 4 that says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I love that. And that's, we are supposed to shed our light, share our light that is Christ in us. Like the little children's song that says this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine and now i hope you get that in your head and sing it all day <laughs> so this first characteristic that uh peter mentions in this verse we talked quite a bit about yesterday and that's unity but this one is unity of mind and that's you know we're we're having the same thought 
and like we had read uh, once before about, but we have the mind of Christ, and that's His uh, Holy Spirit in us, and then we have unity of mind. It's one purpose, and that's to glorify the Father. And we read some additional explanation or example about how we can have this, how we can have this unity or this harmony in Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 16. We did some of the verses before that yesterday, uh, but beginning in 16, it says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with with all. You know, that's how Jesus did. He didn't revile back. He didn't accuse back. He could have done so much um, when people were treating him so wrongly, but he did not do that uh, because he uh, was unified with the Father. He knew that there was a perfect plan, and um, he stuck with that. And then the next characteristic that we read in this list is sympathy. And again, Jesus is a perfect example with that, of that. Um, when we read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, and it says, and this is talking about Jesus, our great high priest. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. And so Jesus has been through everything. He has seen everything that we have been exposed to. And that's hard for us to understand, but it's true because the Bible says it is. And he can have that sympathy. The other place that we read about his uh, sympathy is um, in the prophecy about him in Isaiah chapter 53, beginning in verse 4, where it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But but he did bear all our griefs, and he does understand our sorrows, and that's why we can come to him with anything. And then we need to be able to do that um, as we are being examples to uh, of Christ to the world. We need to be sympathetic and loving and understanding. And then that next characteristic in this list is brotherly love. And um, one of the uh, things that the Lord put in my mind about that was when Jesus talked about the greatest commandment. Um, and we read that, or one uh, reference to that in Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 37. And this is Jesus uh, talking when it talks about he. It says, And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And so we we must love. We love God first, and then we love all those who are around us uh, next. And then another one that I think of is in First John chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. And it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. I love that. 
And so it's about love. You know, if we're showing Jesus to the world, and we talk about this over and over again, it's about the love because he first loved us and gave his life for us. And we need to um, show uh, that same sort of love to others. And this next characteristic we read is a tender heart. And when I think of someone with a tender heart, I think of someone who's very empathetic, sympathetic, someone who may uh, feel another's emotion, who may cry with another person. Um, And we read in chapter, I'm sorry, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, it says, Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And then also in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, it says, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. And then, um, I love the story. I think this shows the tenderness of Jesus um, in uh, the story about Lazarus when Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus died and uh, they had called for Jesus and uh, he delayed in coming. Well, he didn't delay. He was coming right on time. Um, But it says in John chapter 11, verse 32, it said, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And then the next verse, Jesus wept and it says, so the Jews said, see how he loved him. And I think that shows his tender heart. I mean, he knew the outcome of this. And yet with seeing um, Mary just so broken and so sad over her brother, Jesus uh, had a tender heart and cried with her. And that's our Savior. That's what he does. He He knows everything we've been through. And then when we read um, also in Luke chapter 19, verse 41, and this is as Jesus was coming up to Jerusalem and he had such such pity and such sadness for the city. It says in 1941, and when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. And so it said back up there in 41, he saw the city and he wept over it. And then he mentioned all these things. He had compassion, even though he knew what they were going to do to him, do to him. He loved them so much and he, it made him sad for what they were going to put themselves through because they didn't recognize him when he was there. And uh, that's just our Savior's love for us. 
And then this final characteristic in this little list is a humble mind. And I always think when that's talking about our Lord Jesus, one of the key passages that comes to my mind is in Philippians chapter 2. And we can begin in verse 3. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Didn't he do that for us, friends? It says, let us look, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And that goes back up to that unity of mind, that very first characteristic. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And he did that for me and he did it for you while we were still sinners because he loves us. And oh, friends, if he did that for us, then we we need to be an example to the world um, of what he's done for us so that others can be drawn to him and so that they can have that same forgiveness, that same hope of eternal life one day. And I say this very frequently, but the way we're going to know more about how to act like our Savior, of course, is to have His Holy Spirit inside of us, which He's given us believers, but to be in His Word, to read God's Word, to study God's Word, to live God's Word, and to share God's Word. And these things that we've talked about, these Five characteristics just in this small list that Peter listed today are ways that we can live God's Word. And the, I think the key that ties them all together is love. And we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in, chapter, in verse 4, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And then in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 12, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Oh, may this be so, friends. Blessings to you until next time.